Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> oh, he looked up. It's he was true. All, he was writing all the highs. <laughs> it's true. We're we're ready to party. There's a theme. Ooh, party time. <laughs> this is the highlight of our of our of our evenings, right, right. people? Yeah. We've all we're all getting tired yeah. of being on our couches. Anyways. Yes, you know, you know you're uh, getting older when uh, this is a party. It's 7:30, it's an hour away from my bedtime. And uh, Here I'm just we kidding. go. Yeah. One of the first things we wanted to say was uh, last week there was a number of prayer requests that came forward and we wrote them all down um, afterwards and we brought them to our prayer team on Monday night and prayed over them all and we are excited to hear from you if anyone had any changes or you know even just felt encouraged or had real breakthrough, anything like that. We can always talk more later if you ha don't have time to write now. But if that's something mm -hmm. that you wanted to share with the rest of us, we'd be happy to be encouraged by you. We believe that it's so important if you have a testimony that you share it so that more can grow. They kind of like birth out of each other, I think. Right, like the yeah. more you plant one, the... Well, yeah. yeah, the purpose for miracles is to tell people, right? So we got to make sure we're vocal with our testimony. So yeah. we want to hear what God has been up to and what God is doing. Yeah. Excited. So we are in John's chapter 8 John and chapter nine. 8. We'll start in 8 and maybe I'll start here. Yeah, you take it away. Sam had All some... Right. Uh... So if you're... Most of your translations of your Bible probably have a little note that says... I'll even read Katie's. The most ancient Greek manuscripts do not include John 7, 53 and 8, 11 to 8, 11. It's a whole chunk, yeah. The whole chunk. So I, I want to explain kind of what's going on there. So... As a matter of the original text, this section, so 753 to 811, uh, is up for some debate and controversy. From manuscripts' current evidence, it seems unlikely that this portion was part of the original text of John's gospel, or at least in this place. So most of the earliest ancient Greek manuscripts omit this section. Many later manuscripts mark this section with asterisks. One group of manuscripts inserts this in Luke 21:38. Some in John 21, 24, some in John 7, 38. All this evidence suggests the scribes were often ignorant of the exact position, uh, though anxious to retain it as part of the four Gospels. So, uh, so honestly, they, they knew it belonged. They just didn't know exactly where it belonged. And so kind of now, here we are. So. And I found that so exciting because I've read that so many times and went, oh, this part's so good and it's not supposed to be in here and I didn't really understand. And then what I really got out of Sam's was it's meant to be somewhere. It yeah. just, they can't agree where and I like that they fought so hard to put it somewhere. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. It definitely took place and it was definitely written about. They just don't know exactly where put it. Yeah. So that, that's why it's there with an asterisk or a little mark. We have some testimonies. Okay, so last week we were praying for Brianne's hip. Yeah, you go ahead. So... Actually, it was pretty neat how she, she heard from someone else um, kind of what to do with her hip. Anyway, and so we all prayed for it and stuff. Hip was really great all week and then really bad after wearing Declan in a baby carrier because he's oh so tiny, not, and um, prayed through again and now feeling really good again. Oh, wait. Yeah, that was, sorry, I jumped the gun there. I read them in the opposite order. A friend who was also online last week messaged me something specific she felt for me to do, and I did it, and that's what initially healed my hip, which is so crazy exciting yeah. because that's when you feel God stirring your heart to speak something to someone else. It can really, it can really do something. <laughs> for sure. Uh, one of the areas that we prayed a lot for in our prayer meeting on Monday was actually the, our ears, and, and am I going to say this right? Tetanus? Tetanus? Tinnitus. No, tinnitus. Yeah, tinnitus. No, yeah no, not tetanus. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a tetanus shot, no. <laughs> uh, tinnitus. And so I'd be interested to see how that's going for some people. If you've seen 
any change in that condition or not, or else we'll continue to pray yeah. in that. All right, so um, let's go back into John. Yeah. yeah, so in the section here, the, fr- the beginning is, is the woman caught in adultery, so uh, verses 1 to 11, and, and there's some really cool points to look at. So uh, you might have saw, saw this, might not, but uh, um, something purposely took place here. So traditionally speaking, uh, um, here she was brought in front of Jesus, and, and they said, okay, should we stone her? That wouldn't ne- normally take place. If someone was caught in adultery, they'd actually get placed in, in a jail. There's actually a religious jail where they'd be placed, and then they would gather the Sanhedrin together, and it's the Pharisees and the Sadducees together, and they would go through and then convict her or not convict, uh, not just the, the female, but the, the parties committing adultery. But this was a very specific thing, very unique. And, and so it really points to a personal vendetta, first of all. And, and, and uh, it was set up, witnesses, and then it's, you know, it's... It stands out that the man wasn't brought to trial. And that always stands out to me mm. as, as a little bit of hypocrisy. But, but um, it's important to understand when we look at this story that already, the whole time, um, nothing about this is normal. Nothing yeah. about this is right. And I liked that they brought her before Jesus as well. And what crossed my mind was, or what, not what crossed my mind, what caught my mind was um, when I was reading in verse 5, it says, the law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? I just liked... I think they were always surprised yeah. by Jesus and whether they took it the right way or wrong way, learned from it, grew from it, became Christians or not, they, he always just didn't do what they thought he was going to do and this was no exception. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They knew that it was going to be a little different, right? So uh, I liked in verse 10 and 11, it said, Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Do not even one of them condemn you. And then she says, no, Lord. Uh, And then Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. And a few things really stood out. First of all, it was uh, the word condemn means to sentence. It means it's already done. And and I love how Jesus points out, uh, even before he dies, even before he rose again, he introduces grace. Mm -hmm. Right here he's saying, look, look, no one is condemning you. Even though what she did was wrong, she knew what she did was wrong, and she got caught doing wrong, Jesus' statement is no one condemns you. It's a beautiful picture. And sometimes we assume that like grace is just the after the cross moment, but actually even in the Old Testament, grace existed. And in fact, if we wanted to break down Old Testament, New Testament by grace, we could even say that uh, everything right up until Moses uh, on the mount where he asked God, what can we do? Hmm. Like literally ask, okay, you've shown us so much love, you so much love, what could we do? Uh, um, God, there was grace in the Old Testament, there's grace in the New Testament, and I thought that was really beautiful. Oh, my computer fell asleep. There, there we go. go. <laughs> oh, Grace wrote something. Yeah, Aww. she's just uh, hearing God more. Hear God more, walk through the battle. Yeah. Yeah, Amen. I liked the comments on Grace as well. Um, go sin no more. What, yeah. it, I, what went through my mind was Romans 6, where Jesus is, where they're talking about Grace, not Jesus, Paul. And um, it says, should we go on sinning then, you know, so Grace can abound? And I always think of them asking that, and I'm like, they must really have have this understanding of grace that is just this amazing, like, I could do anything then and, and God would still love me? Yeah, but no. <laughs> and I always think, if we don't think that about grace, if we don't think that it's so amazing that it's, it's, it's enough to forgive anyone, then we don't really understand it, but we also can't, you know, sin just to abuse it. I just really love yeah. how much, it's just such a big, beautiful 
Yeah, for sure. Concept. Um, Sharon even asked, uh, I sure wonder what Jesus wrote on that ground. That's a good question. Yeah, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> we, we don't really know. I know some people had some insight. I think even uh, James and Tanya had an insight on that. Uh, um, just a thought on that as well. But uh, here Robin even asked, Christ's forgiveness and lack of condemnation wasn't making light of her sin because he forgave her and immediately commanded her to sin uh, no more. And that's yeah. definitely a, a point that we had uh, a little later on yeah. too. Yeah, and I like that part because truly... To be able to sin no more takes an encounter with Jesus, <laughs> to yeah. me. I mean, we can try all we want, but the things that we struggle with are, I feel like we're powerless to yeah. change properly Definitely. and effectively. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as we encounter Jesus, we're given that hope of, okay, there's freedom here. And that does, yeah. we do touch on that later in the yeah. verse well, 32. Well, even, even here, he literally says, go and sin no more. Grace exists, but how we live still matters, right? How... And holiness still matters. It's just really the order of it, right? Like, and it's the heart condition because the Pharisees were, were holy, yet uh, they didn't really act like it either, right? So, yeah, we'll talk about that a little more. But how we live definitely matters. Okay, um, Tanya's sending me on a well, she wrote it sword in fight. That's what... Uh, oh, yes. That, oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Sorry, I didn't see Jeremiah 17 there. Oh, yeah, it says in uh, Jeremiah 17, 13, when Jesus was writing in the sand, he was fulfilling a prophecy as referenced in Jeremiah 17, 13. Lord, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, cool. That's great. I, like, I love the connections with all the different scriptures. For sure. <laughs> uh, in you? fact, yeah, if you look at verse 12 uh, in chapter 8, uh, excuse me, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Um, now, when Jesus is teaching this, it's the Feast of Tabernacles. And part of the Feast of Tabernacles involved lighting of candles and symbols used to mark the fire that actually led Israel oh, out of Egypt. Cool. Right? So here Jesus is making comparison just as God's light led them out of captivity. Now, this is exactly what Jesus would be doing Leading us out leading of captivity. Out captivity and sin and talking about grace. And it's a, a beautiful connection that most of us, like I didn't even know until I was reading my commentary. I didn't realize that at all. So I just thought that was a cool point. Yeah. And one of the, I, I loved too, that made me think of um, verse 32. It's a little bit ahead, but yeah. um, they're talking about, where's that here? Let's see. I didn't copy down that verse. Um, uh, you will right know here. the truth. Yeah. And the truth will, will set, set you, you free. free. Um, well, Jesus is the truth. It says in the word that he's the way, the truth and the life. So he will set you free. And I have always loved hearing people's stories. I believe those are the one thing that we just need to never stop t- saying. Same and so stories. I just wanted to ask, you know, has anyone experienced freedom from sin. I mean, you don't have to <laughs> confess at all, but I believe that we have experienced real breakthrough, and that's, yeah. that's just something that I, if anyone wants to share something that they've been freed from, yeah. for me, like, I don't have, I mean, I was a good girl. I don't I mean I never sinned or anything, but there's nothing super, like, big that I really felt deliverance from, but then I was doing this Bible study this week. I always do these, these Bible studies oh, online, yes, and, um, whoopsies, wrong one, and, um, I was just encouraged because it kind of described my journey. This, this isn't me writing. It's from a, a book um, called Wait and See by Wendy Pope. And it kind of just more described my kind of freedom, the, the, the way it happened for me. So it says, Every day started in his word. 
Most days I didn't understand what I read. This would be me many years ago, but yeah, even now sometimes. But I believed in God's faithfulness, and I noticed how Bible verses started to repeat in my head more than discouragement's voice. Determined to stay refreshed by God's word like a tree planted by streams of water, I started to keep a Bible always within arm's reach. In the car, beside my bed, on the end table, by the couch, in the kitchen. And for me, it was like little verses written out. I always wrote out the ones I wanted to um, declare over myself. At one point, like her, I had verses taped on nearly every doorframe in my house. I'm not sharing this to make myself sound super spiritual. I'm sharing this to show how desperate I was to defeat discouragement, negativity, and rejection. My victory has taken years to realize. The battle has been slow, but every time I read and meditate on Scripture, I gain ground. Yeah. And every now and then, discouragement sets a trap. However, with God's wisdom, I'm able to avoid it. And that is so true. It's like you go years and then you realize, hey, wait, that doesn't have a hold on me anymore. And that has been more my journey. But does anyone have any, is anyone yeah, sharing any stories? <laughs> uh, Robin Mitchell talks about freedom from nicotine Woo! 30 years oh, ago. Oh, sorry. I just blasted the microphone. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's and there's amazing. A, there's a few stories uh, that we know like that that are just truly incredible. Uh, if my mom is watching, both my mom and dad were big smokers. My mom uh, was, you know, lots of packs a day and at her salvation realizing that she needed to quit. She has a great story of even feeling the cravings being ripped right out of her, yeah. right, right of her throat. Um, we have Grace, too. I definitely received freedom from sins. I didn't listen to my mom, and I definitely, and now that's changed. And uh, let's see. I, so good, Katie. That is actually awesome, your, your story of this gradual. Because sometimes they're not miraculous, like, immediately but the gradual change uh, my story is I grew up like a play actor I would lie continuously and it made up for my own insecurities and really to the point now where the growth that's taking place in me has been so gradual yeah. that it, I, it's almost like it's completely flipped I am a horrible liar like I have he's a twitch <laughs> I have the, the worst tells and it's funny because I, I play used to play board games I say used to because it's been like a year I know because COVID. COVID. <laughs> And whenever we played games where you had to, like, pretend or deceive, uh, they laughed whenever I was, like, the person who had to lie. It was, so I would turn red, and, like, I'll be in a T-shirt, and it'd be cold, and it, I'd be, my forehead would be sweating, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Sam, Sam's lying, and it's just... I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really loved... Should we move on to chapter 9, or what do you think? Sure. I just... Another one that I think really stood out to me that I really liked is verse 20. He says, um, actually, first of all, I want to acknowledge a comment that Sharon made, my mother-in-law. Oh, I didn't says, see it. Sorry. In, thir in 30, verse 33, they said they had never been slaves. Do they forget their history? And you will find this oh, yeah. in what oh. the Pharisees say <laughs> continuously. And even last week, we talked about them yelling at Nicodemus saying, nothing, read your scriptures, nothing good comes out of Galilee. And then it turns out in scriptures, it actually definitely foretells the Savior coming out of Galilee and, and everything. And and even in this, like, I mean, they are so blind by um, their anger, really. And we'll read that later in verse, in chapter 9 as well, to be blinded by, by something. Oh, yeah, definitely. That you can't see, and that's such a good catch, Mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did they forget their history? Yes. yes. And don't we all <laughs> have these short memories of, right? of what we think was so great, and then we were wrong, yeah. Uh, it's nothing profound. Just in verse 20, it says, his time had not yet come, and I don't really, you know, fully know why, and I'm totally taking this out of context, but it makes me think of just how perfect God's timing is. Yeah. Like, it really is. It's just so perfect. And so I had a question. Do you guys have a story about something you prayed for? It seemed delayed, but the timing was so perfect. 
when you received it. Actually, <laughs> we have a story. That's why maybe I was thinking Mine's about kind it. of randomly simple, but you yeah. know how we all got given like free money from the government before Christmas or we were supposed to, and it was yeah. for us because we're a family, it would have been a thousand dollars. So I was disappointed that I had to jump through all the hoops and it took me Uh-oh. about five weeks longer to get my money because yeah. like, we just got it yesterday. And, um, I was, I whined like a baby a bit because I really wanted it for Christmas presents. We did, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, come they have to pick on the little people. Anyway, um, the funny thing was we ended up getting Sam a car like through a, it was just very, seemed like the perfect timing, perfect car, perfect time. We've waited. He hasn't had a car. We've only had one car our whole, yeah. yeah. 15 years. Rachel's and, 15 years old. Yeah. So we've been kind of waiting and, and, so this money came yesterday and it was just, the car didn't cost a thousand dollars, but it went towards the car. And if I had gotten that money any sooner, <laughs> I know that I would have bought Christmas presents and went out for dinner. And I was just thankful that God kind of knew that I, I wouldn't have wasted it, but I would have kind of wasted it. And I just, yeah, I was thankful to put it towards that because it's yeah. been perfect timing. And I knew it was from him. I know that it sounds like a bit of a coincidence, but I claim that it's God. <laughs> yeah. And so we'd love to hear your stories of God's great timing, because I know we all have them. Um, do we want to talk about 32? Did, did, I did, yep. You did already? Awesome. Uh, I liked verse 46 too. Uh, it just says, which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? Uh, yeah. What a powerful statement, and this is why how we live matters. This is one of the reasons why how we live matters. And when people look at our lives, and, and, and people will look at our lives, and they'll look at what we say, not what we do, and, and who can truly say if Sam... Uh, can you accuse me of being wrong? Can you accuse me of having a wrong attitude? I know it's a good challenge, I know personally for my life. I hope they see that God has brought freedom in our lives in, yes. in ways that willpower and, <laughs> yeah, that we needed God and he, yeah. he did it and I hope they can say that. <laughs> John 9, you know, I love that this guy got his whole, a whole chapter all to himself. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I thought, oh, there must be something we're supposed to learn here. This man yeah. born blind got his whole chapter. But, what I liked, you know, about, like, overarching about the whole chapter was I, I found by the end it really had nothing to do with a physical healing. It was Jesus teaching the religious people that they were blind. They couldn't see what he was trying to show them. They, they thought they were, they thought they could, um, yeah. but they couldn't. And I, I saw it, like, one of the things I love about God or have learned to love over the years is that He's not bound by time like we are. We think things take a lot of time. We think, you know, I'm not married yet. I've been wanting to be married for so long. And, you know, all these things that we think should, should happen in our timing because it's been, it's been so long I've been praying for this. Well, I think God, he's never, he's never not existed. So he doesn't think like that. He is like, it's just, it just is. I can see the end. I can see the beginning. They're all happening at the same time. And he's just not so linear, linearly obsessed like we are. And I felt like when this guy was born blind, God was like, I have a plan for you. You are going to declare who I am. And for the man, it took many years of being blind and having no concept of this, that this was going to happen to him, that he would be used to bring, you know, a testimony of Jesus to the Pharisees. But to to God, it was almost like, I got a plan for you. And, And it gave me such peace to thinking, he must have a plan for me. I've been waiting and the timing isn't my timing, but God must be up to something. So, you know, it just kind of, it encouraged me. Yeah, I think it's amazing to think that, that God saw him. And so what has God seen in me? Yeah. He stands outside of time. You got someone who misses oh. you. <laughs> uh, Yvonne, I miss you too. Yeah. From Calgary, <laughs> hi. 
Um, yeah. Uh, oh, thanks Grace has one. When she was in school, she went horseback riding and fell off the horse, had soft tissue injury, and God relieved her from continuing pain in her right shoulder. And since that day, I've not felt any pain or soreness. Awesome. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing, Grace. Yeah, That's so God fun. God is awesome. Uh, again, yeah, the story of, of the, the, the man born blind. The disciples asked, why was this man born blind? Mm-hmm. And they were just trying to solve a theological question. They were trying to crack a nut. So like back in the day, reason why they asked this question is because they had this, um, you got to think like, we think Jewish and whatever. I'm not going to get too complicated. But the Pharisees had some really weird beliefs they taught throughout the ages. It got so distorted. So they actually kind of believed in, in various forms of almost like reincarnation. So they believed that some spirits carry over or that uh, kids can, can sin in the womb, uh, so things like that. And what they're trying to do is explain why uh, ailments took place, why yeah. there was disabilities. Why was he blind? Why was he blind? Why was he deaf? Why does this person have a disability? Automatically, all their answers always led to the same sin. thing. It's sin. And essentially, it all came down to this belief that all pain and all suffering and all, and all sickness Must is a consequence fault. from God. And, and that's, they just, like Sharon was saying, the Pharisees just had no clue. They couldn't be so far from the truth of, of who he was. So, yeah, uh, I looked at... Uh, James mentioned this one when he wrote... Yeah. Um, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. And then in verse 4, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. Plural. <laughs> yes. That's cool. It's plural, yeah. And then Tanya wrote here, and yet it's God's perfect timing to heal him as an adult. The blind man prays and worship Jesus. No bitterness at all. Yeah. What a beautiful insight. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know how I would respond. I think I'd be excited too, but then realizing 30 years. Yeah, or whatever age. Yeah. I looked up how old he was. I couldn't really find it. But. Yeah. Oh, I just went with you. Look, blindly following you. <laughs> I didn't I say you. 30. I don't know. Where did I get 30 from? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't think I said 30. I could be wrong. No. Uh, I like verses 4 and 5. Um, we must quickly carry oh, out yeah, the tasks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly what they said. Uh, um. I think that's our church mission statement. Um, Quickly carry out the text. Yeah, it should be one focus, and that's making the gospel tangible. That should be our main drive. And I was just thinking of recently, I don't know if you guys read the survey, where uh, I'm going to make up a number, like 81% of people who did the survey found that they agreed oh, with church, churches being closed. And, and, and I think one of the reasons is because they don't see it as necessity. Now, everyone who's in the church realizes it's a necessity, and it, we need it, and and we talk about the reasons why it's necessary. And I just, it challenged me to think if we, if we were able to make the gospel as tangible as Jesus was making it, if we were able to encounter Powell River or counter British Columbia in the way that, that Jesus says we can in the gospels, uh, um, would people feel the same way? Would, would people look at the church and say it doesn't meet a need? Or would it be obvious that it does meet a need? Not yeah. just a thought anyways. Let's see here. Um, should I do verse 16 sure. here? Okay. So verse 16, it says, Some of the Pharisees said, This man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, But how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was deep division of opinion among them. I thought we touched on this a little bit earlier, but uh, anger and jealousy blinded the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. They couldn't see what was so obvious. And, 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 and I don't want to be in a position where I am so frustrated or angry that I miss what God's doing. And... and um, one of the reasons I'm saying that is because in this season, there's moments like when 
the uh, quarantine was extended and different that I actually got, got pretty upset. Like angry is the wrong word, but really disappointed. And I can get in a funk where I actually miss the good that God's doing because I'm sad about what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple comments on verse okay. 4. Let's head back to verse 4. Sure. Um, Greg mentioned the karmic teaching of the Pharisees where they connect sin to infirmary runs completely counter to grace. Yes. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so they're butting up against the... They're the opposite, yeah. Um, and then Linda asked, the sins of the father carry through to many generations? Yeah, that was one of, one of the belief systems that led them to believe that, like, I, it's going to get overly complicated, but we see that and we think that it's just sin passing on. They literally believe the soul passed on, that it's almost like a curse because everyone who is, uh, you know, related to Abraham, so everyone essentially who is, who is from Israel, Jewish, qualify for heaven. Right, and so if you committed a great sin, the only way they can understand that you would you wouldn't you know get punished for that is that you wouldn't be able to go to heaven. And so that's where they started to, be, to build this belief of your soul then continues, and that's what they they thought when literally they saw generations that literally that soul carries on. And so the sins of the grandfather was like the grandfather living out in that person again. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean we see that we families have their patterns, and mm-hmm. you definitely see in grandparents and parents, whether it be bitterness or unforgiveness, there's, yeah, things that seem to, to go on and on, and I don't really have an answer other than we serve, we have a spiritual battle going on, and if there's a weakness, I'm sure it's targeted. <laughs> All right, well, Robin Mitchell has a little side note. Yeah, Jewish traditions <laughs> uh, held that spittle had healing properties that could impact eyesight. I did not know that until you said that, and I, and I think James said it as well. Yeah, uh, James's was that they would have spit on a blind man. Wait, they would used to have showed contempt towards him. Was used to heal him. Oh, that's, so that's interesting. More yeah, because yeah, sorry. Robin yeah, said. so Robin said spittle impact eyesight. Uh, James made the point that to show contempt, they probably would have spit at him, which we see throughout actually reference in scripture how people treated people with disability and the poor. Yeah, so the they very used to thing, heal. Yeah, that's a really great great point. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I like, um, yeah, or did you have more before the very end there? No. I don't That's... need to end or anything, but I, I just, it really hit me how, you know, they, they kept coming to Jesus and they thought they could see, you know, like this, this I, I guess the fact that it was an entire chapter on this subject made me want to think about it a little bit longer yeah. um, and to take it to heart because... Are there areas in our lives then too that we think, I'm good, I, I can see, and, and yet probably not. Like yeah. we, yeah, so I actually wrote out a little prayer. It's pretty short, but um, Lord, bring to mind the things that we have learned, um, that we hold on to, that we think we've learned, <laughs> that cause us to be blind, to yeah. ca- cause us to see dimly, cause us to not receive all that you have for us, um, not to receive your grace or whatever else you're trying to teach us and to really just to be stubborn and think that we actually know better. I just pray, Lord, that you would reveal to each of us, it could be different for each of us, what we are holding on to that causes us to be blind. And I pray, Lord, that you would just remove those blinders from me and from anyone else who wants them removed and yeah, that you would truly just show us who you are and reveal yourself to us.
Man, Melissa had a question here. In 9.4, it says, night is coming where no one can work. What do you think it means? Um, I'm trying to remember. I read about it earlier this week when I was doing the study, and I think, and I'm going to go back and reference it, so I'll answer it again once I look at the real answer. But uh, they, sometimes commentators refer to two things. First of all, they talk about when our time is done, like uh, uh, literally when Jesus returns ah, and we won't no be idea. able to, <laughs> to, to work again. And, and you'll see the prevailing attitude throughout the Gospels is because he's returning soon. He's returning soon. A lot of Paul's and Peter's letters. So there was an urgency to uh, what we're doing. Uh, some even talked about Jesus leading to his death. Hmm. He's saying, like, you know, you know I'm not going to be here much longer. But um, what I will do, Melissa, is gonna, I'll jot it down. And I'm going to reference it because I, I have it up on my tab, but then it's going to mess everything up. But <laughs> I did read about it. I have never seen that verse. <laughs> yeah, I, I have it highlighted here. We must be quick to carry out tasks assigned by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. And it's, it's the urgency, really. Uh, um, huh. but that's my only note I put, put is that's urgency. But I know there's a deeper explanation of that. So I'll look it up. I love that we all see different stuff yeah. <laughs> and want to, yeah. Uh, my, one of my favorite interactions happens at the end of chapter 9, and it's um, just how easy it was for the man that was healed. Yeah. Here he is standing in front of the Pharisees, and they're like, who healed you? And he's like, well, I, I don't know. And, the, and then he says, you know, he's the Christ. And, and here is this blind man who was actually not even allowed to be in the temple, wasn't taught. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have had the advantages of all the other uh, um, Jewish uh, young men and stuff. And he says, and so you call him what? Like religiously simple, you know, like not very bright. And he's like, it's obvious. Uh, I was blind, now I see he's God. And now you have the Pharisees who are like religiously intellectual or saying things like, I don't even know if he hears from God. And I can just see the blind man like, you think someone who doesn't hear from God can do this? Yeah. Right? Like it's just so obvious. And, and you know, sometimes like when people are blind, they're blind. Like you were talking about that. And Sometimes seeing the blindness is kind of like a harsh reality. And I love that prayer because, you know, I don't want to be blind. So God, search my heart. Where, what have I been blind to where I can't see, so, so see the obvious? Yeah. yeah. I liked, you wrote it down too, but I don't think you said it. He said, yes, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Life, yeah. life lessons learned in a, <laughs> in a half a day. That's uh, just so encouraging. That's all we really want for people is to yeah. experience Jesus and to say that's who he is and, and worship him for life. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. that's all we had. Does anyone else have any other comments? We're happy to scroll Insights. up and down. Insights. We'll get back. Love to hearing from you guys too. Uh, I just think everyone has so much to offer, mm-hmm. really do. And I'm just humbled to hear what you have to say and honored that you join us for this. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So um, I guess, unless there's anything else, uh, next week we're going to do two more yeah, chapters. we're doing 10 and 11. Is that where we ended up? Yeah, yeah. So 10, 10 and 11, 11, and then we'll do three We're going to do on. a couple of threes after that, and uh, just to leave, there'll be five more weeks of this journey. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so two, two chapters for next week, 10 for and sure. 11. And let us know what you think, too. Like, if you want us to add anything in there, go deeper, go less deeper. Uh, let us know as we're learning as we do this. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Yvonne. <laughs> oh. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, I guess we kind of did pray. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so for I, coming. Thanks for coming. <laughs> See you next yeah. week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>